0: Hello and welcome back to episode 13 of CHOP Strength Through Vulnerability. And this episode is in memory and in tribute to Joanne Seawood. This instalment of Chops was intended to be part two of the Spring Classic Doubleheader. But on Monday I became aware of the tragic passing of one of the founder members of the CHOP Tribe. So this episode of the pod is a tribute to Joanne Seawood. A wife, a mother to a beautiful nine-year-old daughter, a teacher, a friend to many, and a lover of life. And from my own experience with her, one of the kindest, most supportive, wonderfully genuine people I've ever had the good fortune to meet. And it's difficult to know how to pitch this, as the news of Joe's passing is as terribly sad as it is shocking But Jo was such a vibrant, gregarious, warm person. To speak about her in solemn tones doesn't represent the person I knew. I've had this episode written for a few days, but I've not really known how best to approach it. But I want to try and celebrate the person I knew as she was a really, really sound human being. So this is my tribute to you, Jo. I think the best way I can pay tribute to Joanne, Mrs. Seawood, or Miss Edwards as she was when I first met her, would be to share my experiences with her. Around 2006, 2007, I'd started out on my journey to become a teacher. This journey began when I got a job as a teaching assistant working in a school over in Rochdale, working as a one-to-one teaching assistant with a young lad in year four who had behavioural and educational challenges. The class teacher was a time-served teacher of 30 years, a guy called Pete Judge. I absolutely loved Pete, probably the best teacher or the teacher whose style I liked the most rather than the best teacher I've worked with as I've worked with some great teachers. And one of those was Miss Edwards, Joe. My initial teacher training began whilst I was working in Rochdale with Pete. A few months into that post, I received a letter from Liverpool Hope University where I was undertaking my PGCE. The letter indicated where my first teaching placement was to take place. Nicholas Valley Community Primary School in Miles Platting. Miles Platting, to those who don't know Manchester, is on the eastern outskirts of town. An inner city area with a reputation for being quite a tough area. The estate that backed onto the school was the setting for the TV series, Shameless, which probably gives you an understanding of the area. But I loved it at that school, staffed with great teachers and TAs, and it had a great connection with the community. The dinner ladies and lunchtime supervisors did look like extras from Shameless, but they were all really sound and I had a great laugh with them. And the works, Christmas Night Out, was absolutely quality. And to quote Shameless, but all of them, to a man, know, first and foremost, one of the most vital necessities in this life. They know how to throw a good party. Anyway, back then, I had what I thought was a humorous voicemail message, where I'd answer the phone with, hello, pause for a good while, and then say, no, I'm not here right now but if you leave a message, I'll get back to you. This used to catch loads of people out. I don't know why I did it, probably because I'm a bit of a dick. People who knew me would always laugh about it and when I'd call them back, they'd always say that the message gets them every time. The head teacher at Nicholas Varley Community Primary School was a man called John Tennant or JT. When Mr Tennant made the initial call to arrange for me to come into school to meet Miss Edwards, I missed the call and it went straight to voicemail. Now it'd be fair to say he didn't see the funny side to my voicemail. I think it caught him out twice. When I finally spoke to him over the phone, he made it clear to me from the start that he wasn't impressed with my voicemail message so we didn't get off to the best of starts. He suggested, well, he told me to change my voicemail as he didn't think it was suitable for someone training to be a teacher. So when I went into Nicholas Valley for the first time, I was as nervous as I was apprehensive. Following our phone call, Mr. Tennant had put me firmly in my place. There was a part of me that felt like a scolded child. During our initial meeting in his head office, I was probably very sheepish and agreed and nodded along to everything he told me. At that time, teacher training courses were heavily oversubscribed. Just getting a place on a teacher training course wasn't easy. I'd worked hard to get my place on the course and I really wanted to be a teacher. He walked me over to the year one class and introduced me to Miss Edwards. He told me she was a fantastic teacher and that I'd learn everything I needed to know from her. From the moment I met Jo, she was warm and welcoming. She had a lovely, friendly disposition and she put me at ease immediately. I think she told me not to worry about JT and that I'd be just fine. That was Jo, that's the type of person she was. This initial meeting took place around November time. Now, you don't just turn up as a trainee teacher and dive straight in. So over the coming weeks leading up to Christmas, I go in once a fortnight for an afternoon and you start to get a feel for the school. And what was immediately obvious about Nicholas Varley was, it was a really, really well-run school. It was an old Victorian school like a throwback to an age gone by. It was huge in comparison to the school I was working in over in Rochdale. The behaviour of the children was excellent. They didn't tolerate any messing about and it was no different in Miss Edwards's class. She was lovely with the children but when words needed to be had, if a child transgressed she was on it immediately. During those fortnightly meetings, we'd meet and discuss the lesson planning for the start of the spring term when I'd be teaching the children. Jo would be in the background offering guidance and assistance, but her role was also to assess and feedback on my performance as a teacher, which would ultimately determine whether I'd attain qualified teacher status. I'll always remember the first day of that spring term. Obviously, there's a fair bit of nerves the first time you teach a class. But Miss Edwards was so supportive, giving me plenty of encouragement. She kept reassuring me that I'd be absolutely fine. That morning, she did the register and then she handed over to me. I did a literacy lesson based on Alan Alberg's funny bones. It went well, the kids were engaged, did the work that was set for them and it passed off without incident. I finished the lesson and the children went out for break. Joe came over to me telling me how well I'd done And she was excited for me, but the thing she'd really picked up on was that when I was speaking, the children all sat fixated on me. And she said something along the lines of, you've got them, they absolutely love you. All their eyes were on you throughout the lesson. And that's half the battle. I can't remember how the the maths lesson went, but it went well. That afternoon the children came in after lunch and I'll always remember her saying to me, do you want to take the register this afternoon and that was massive when you start teaching or when I did I really wanted to take the register that felt like being a teacher and that was Jo she knew how to make you feel special she gave me the confidence and the self-belief that enabled me to teach to the best of my ability Jo's husband Richard put a a post on facebook on monday that read i'm so sorry to have to leave this message after being told that my wife would have to wait an hour and a half for an ambulance i decided to take her myself her tongue was swelling and her fingers going numb i got her to hospital and she was taken straight in unfortunately she passed away in the early hours of sunday the 11th of june we have a nine-year-old daughter who i have to tell that her mummy is not coming home I love you with all my heart. I've read and reread that message, hoping I've read it wrong, that it isn't true. I've messaged Richard simply saying, I've seen the post. Please tell me it isn't true, but sadly it is. I worked with Jo throughout that term. We had a great time working together and she helped me along the road to achieving my goal of being a teacher. Her feedback on my teaching was always super positive and I passed my my first teaching placement with flying colours. And I think I owe a lot of that to Jo. At the end of that school year, Jo got a job at a school in North Wales closer to where she was originally from. By the end of my teaching placement, my relationship with Mr Tennant was much better, so much so that that he offered me a job as a HLTA which will give me the opportunity to do more teaching. At the end of the, that placement, he came to me and praised my teaching telling me, if you can teach here, you can teach anywhere. The confidence that gave me was unbelievable. Like when Craig Revel Horwood tells you your dance was absolutely fabulous, darling, or when Roy Keane thinks you're a good footballer. But I've no doubt that Joanne Edwards was instrumental in changing JT's perception of me. Over the next however many years we'd comment and like one another's Facebook posts as you do, but last August, following my operation, she got in touch with me replying to a Facebook story, simply saying, love your positivity and looking forward to the future. There were a few other messages between then and November when I got my first scan results back, three months after the operation. It was a picture of her holding a glass of wine with the message, Raising one to you and your future. A later, a, a later message that night, at the time of reading this, it brought tears to my eyes and it did the same on Monday night. And it's done it again now. It reads, I'll always remember you as a perfect gentleman and how you tried instilling it into those Mancunian boys. It was whilst I was in Newquay, Cornwall this summer that I learnt of your operation. I cried for you. You're never very far away from my thoughts. When I'm having a shit day, I think of you, your bravery and how you've got up each day. Stay strong, you are amazing. I suppose none of us truly know what others think of us, but reading that, knowing she saw me as a gentleman and that's how she thought of me with the boys in her class. She saw the good in people when perhaps others didn't. I've spoken a lot in these podcasts about tribes and how I'd like to assemble a tribe, a tribe of people who see vulnerability as a strength. When I first posted the images of the prototype chopped garments, before chopped was even a thing, Jo was amongst the first people to message me saying she'd have one. As she was with me as an aspiring teacher, she was the same again, incredibly supportive, encouraging me and giving me the self-belief and confidence. She ordered a pink hoodie, which arrived just in time for Christmas. On Christmas Eve, she messaged me saying, well, you got here, Christmas Eve evening, wishing you all the best, thinking about you, matey. In the first few months of this year, she was one of the people who, following my 23 minutes of fame on the radio, praised how I spoke, suggesting I should try doing a podcast or some public speaking. When I did my first podcast, I said there'd probably be no listeners, but I knew that wouldn't be the case because there was two people I knew would listen. One was Leslie Berry, now Woods, who lived two doors down from me, on Chiltern Road in Rami, and the other was Joanne Edwards, now Seaward. Two of the first people to message me after my first attempt at podcasting were Joan and Les, two of the stalwarts of our tribe. After listening to every episode of Chop Strength through Vulnerability, they always messaged me with their thoughts and feedback. And for that, I'm always grateful. As we were planning and publicising the big wonder, Jo messaged me saying she'd love to come down and do the walk with us, but wouldn't be able to make it down. And would it be okay if they did their own version, the Welsh Wander, to help our fundraising? I mean, what a person. I keep repeating the same adjectives, but the support, the belief she gave me and everything I did, they're the people you need around you, the people you want in your life, the people you want in your tribe, in our tribe, people like Jo. I could write out every message she sent me after each pod, but I'm sure from what I've said and the messages I've already shared, you'll already have an idea of the content of them. One message she sent, however, echoes what a fair few people have said to me about this pod. Fuck me, Steve. You get me every time. Whilst listening, I laugh out loud, make some comment like the twat was a complete shit to your daughter, and then tears. I love it, Steve. Joe's nine-year-old daughter really wanted to do the Welsh Wander, so to accommodate her little legs, they were going to walk 14 miles rather than the 26 miles we were doing. Still a decent stroll, I'm sure, you'll ag- I'm sure you'll agree. And so on the Sunday, much like Live Aid, we had two fundraisers taking place on the same day at the same time in different locations. Her daughter kept asking her if I did chopped hoodies for kids. I didn't, but I had one made especially for Joe's daughter. When it arrived, she videoed her reaction as she opened it. It was absolutely priceless. I've watched it over and over again. Possibly the best 20 pound I've ever spent. With what's happened, I can't stop thinking about that little girl, how cruel this world can be. How does Joe's husband, Richard, explain that? And how does a little girl make sense of it? She finished the message I shared, she finished the message I shared the start of, just then saying, I'm doing my daily gratefulness and I can honestly say today you are in my list. I'm so grateful I met you. Well, if you're listening through the ether, Jo, I feel the same. I truly do. Jo volunteered at Brownies every week and part of her daughter's determination to do the walk was because she wanted to get her charity badge. The Welsh Wanderers did their 12 and a half miles in five hours and 45 minutes and through their efforts added hundreds hundreds of pounds more to the pot. I'm going to finish this episode, this tribute to a truly wonderful person with the letter her daughter wrote to get her Brownies charity badge. Hi, my name is Lucy. I'm nine years old and I live in North Wales. On Sunday the 7th of May, me, Mummy, Abby and Bethany walked 12 and a half miles to raise money for sarcoma. We did this because mummy's friend had sarcoma and had his arm amputated. He is a warrior. He and his friends walked 26 miles in Cornwall on the same day. In total, we've raised over 3,000 pounds. I'm writing this letter as part of my charity badge in Brownies. I had never ever heard of sarcoma before, but because of this walk, I've been able to tell others. The walk was very tiring. But I kept saying, I can do this. And I did, and I'm very proud of myself. Keep up your great work, from Lucy. P.S. Stephen has an online shop, www.thechopshop.com. He tells his story on a podcast called Strength Through Vulnerability. Before writing this, I checked with Joe's husband that he was okay with me writing this. He replied with, I'm sure she'd be honored for you to include her on your podcast. Joe spoke about you many, many times, and our plan was to come down to Devon this year. I was going to suggest we come over to see you. I've had so many messages about her and how kind she was. I can only hope that I've con- I can only hope that I've conveyed through these words what a beautiful person Joe was, the massively positive the massive uh, the massively positive influence she was in my life. I'm so grateful to have had the pleasure of meeting and working with you, Joe. And I'll forever be grateful for everything you did for me. Yesterday, I shared a post on my Instagram stories, which read, Love your fucking life. Tell people you love them. Talk to random strangers. Do things you're scared to do. Fuck it, because so many of us die and no one remembers the thing we did. Take your life and make it the best story in the world. Don't waste that shit. I'll always, always remember you, Joe. You're someone I'll never forget. Joe's final message to me simply read, Tribes, stick together. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen. Tell those that you love that you love them, hug them, hold them tight, for life is such a precious blessing Go steady, I'm out.